You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Straighten up, don't stop dreaming the leader. Just slugged up the track of shade. There's a run for magician. Lineup's trying to stay on. And getting home inside of those is expensive ego. But the leader, don't stop dreaming. He's barely flinched on it. And don't stop dreaming is going to go home and beat magician. Big run lineup third. And then came Let's Rock and Roll. Expensive ego. Very talented. Don't stop dreaming. Winning on Saturday night at Menangle. Gee, there were plenty of highlights to go through from that meeting. Chris Barsby, good morning to you. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Looking forward to the chariots this weekend. Barrier draws out, so sooner the better gate one. Don't stop dreaming two. Better be the best three. Frankie Ferocious four. Captain Hammerhead five. The Queenslander, sure thing, Captain six. It's Merlin seven. Captain's knock. Our Vinny rock and roll hammer. So... The big guns have drawn well. What a race, first yeah. of all. Jeez. Yeah, too right. Uh, Don't Stop Dreaming is the favourite with Tab. He went up at 2.20. Frankie Ferocious, I think 2.80 for memory. And then $7 for both Better Be The Best and Merlin. So, yeah. Don't Stop Dreaming. Looking to become the first Kiwi winner of the Chariots of Fire since Lazarus 2017. So, I'm not sure there's been many Kiwis that have come back for the Chariots since that year. So... It's, uh, it's quite interesting, but uh, he, he just looks the ultimate professional. Don't stop dreaming. And with that perfect draw in gate two, I think Frankie Ferocious probably has the speed to, to get across and lead. So uh, tactically, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. And there's plenty at stake uh, because we know that the winner is going to be uh, issued an invitation to contest the, uh, the Miracle Mile the following week. So it'll be interesting. And the four-year-olds have had a good record in the Miracle Mile in recent times. So... Will there be one? Will there be two? Could there be three four-year-olds lining up in the Miracle Mile for 2024? Yeah, I'd like to know what's going to lead. Chris, what do you think? Frankie Ferocious, I think. Definitely. Well, I'm, yeah, I, I'm leaning his way to get across. Mm, obviously, that's why he's so respected. He was, he was the horse that reeled off those some amazing quarters, didn't he, in yeah. recent uh, recently yeah. uh, at Menangle as well. Well, he's the last start winner in 49 too, and I, I don't think I've seen a horse win as easy and as comfortably as what he did last time out going that sort of time. It's Merlin was beaten in the pale face, but far from disgraced, and I'm so, sure you're going to talk about that now. Mark Purden is online with us. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Chris, and good morning, listeners. Uh, don't stop dreaming. Gate two for you. Are you happy with that draw? Yeah, very happy, Chris. Uh, he's, a, he's a versatile type of horse, and uh, so he couldn't be in a better position, really. Okay. The last Kiwi winner of the Chariots of Fire was Lazarus. That would bring back good memories for you. Yes, yeah. It's probably been a while, too, since we've contested the Chariots with uh, COVID in between times. But, uh, yeah, it certainly does, Chris. OK. I, I want to ask the, uh, the the most obvious question. Just with Don't Stop Dreaming, he was the runner-up in the Hunter Cup behind Leap to Fame. He's the favourite for this race on Saturday night. Obviously, if he gets through Saturday night in, in good order, you will accept the invitation for the Miracle Mile? Yes, that's always been the plan, Chris, that, uh, that it worked out that way. Yes, we would. All right. Where does he sort of rank compared to a horse like a Cooter? I wouldn't think he's sort of as tough as a Cooter just yet, but uh, he's a very talented horse and, you know, I, I wouldn't think there'd be much between them probably over the last sort of 
two or three runs, particularly the way uh, Don't Stop Dreaming has performed. He's certainly stepped up. Okay, so not as tough, but for sheer speed, would Don't Stop Dreaming get a cooter for point-to-point speed? Uh, possibly would, Chris, yes. Possibly would. Mm. Just watching that race the other night, how much do you think you had up the sleeve there if you had to really let him go over the last hundred or so? Oh, probably not a lot. He, he, you know, he was he was probably doing his best without sort of being tapped on the tail. But you know, I don't think he had a lot under his belt. But uh, you know, when you look at the sectional time, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, that gear that he wears. How long have you had that on the nose roll and some bits of gear there? Take us through that, please, Mark. Uh, a shadow roll. It's not yeah, an yeah. uncommon piece of equipment. Um, um, he's inclined to step over things and. Uh, that's on the track, and uh, that just, just keeps him sort of focused, looking ahead rather than looking down. Okay. Just with the change in the way they've structured this year's carnival, so normally there's been a couple of weeks from the Chariots to the Miracle Mile. So the Chariots is on the same knot as the Miracle Mile qualifiers, and the four-year-olds in recent times have been really, um, you know, relevant with the Miracle Mile. So they've obviously just tried to even out the playing field. Um, how do you think that's going to play out this year, going from the Chariots to the Miracle Mile within the space of a week? Well, it's... They certainly get over shorter distances better, Chris. And, you know, I think a mile, you know, I'm confident with Don't Stop Dreaming anyway and um, that, that he'll recover quickly from the race. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's, you know, the, the standard breeds are pretty hardy. I don't think there's any real disadvantage in, in having it a week apart. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on Leap to Fame. You've raced him recently in the Hutter Cup, running second. I'll, I'll ask you the question... If he didn't put in those couple of rough ones there at the top of the straight, were you going to go past him? Look, I, I don't think so, Chris. I might have got closer, but, uh, yeah, I think on the night the best horse won. You know, he did that early work and, and went round and, and and took the front. So, uh, you know, I, I think on the night the best horse won. All right. The Miracle Mile is such a different race. It's a different beast altogether compared to some of these other grand circuit races that we've got. I mentioned Lazarus just before. He couldn't win a Miracle Mile. Black Safag, one of the greatest champions of all time, couldn't win a Miracle Mile. Some are prepared to sort of just chance their arm with Leap to Fame. What are your thoughts on him at a mile? Oh, I think he's the best horse in Australasia, but a, a mile can be, uh, you know, an outside draw can be extremely disadvantaged, uh, an extreme disadvantage to a horse. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot depends on the, on the draw and... Uh, you know, I'm sure a little horse like Don't Stop Dreaming, if uh, he had a favourable draw and went to fame drew the outside, well, it would certainly even things up. Mm. The, the, the biggest threat to Leap to Fame, will it come from one of these four-year-olds, Mark, whether it's your horse Don't Stop Dreaming, whether it's Barry's horse Merlin or, or Frankie Ferocious, do you think that looms as the biggest threat to Leap to Fame, one of these four-year-olds? Look, I do. I think it's... I think they're strong, very, very strong four-year-olds and, you know, I think they're destined... You know, next season will be taking on these grand circuit events and being more than competitive. So, yeah, I do think there's real quality and depth in these four-year-olds that are going around in the chariots. OK. Well, that's the chariots. That is Don't Stop Dreaming. You've also got a runner lining up in a derby heat on Saturday night. We walk by faith. What can you tell us about this guy, Mark? Yeah, he's a pretty nice horse. He's he's, he's not probably the... The bear, we've probably got the better one at home, but uh, that was part of the reason we thought we'd come here with this guy. But he's not—he's sort of not far behind him, and um, you know he, he'll be very competitive. I'm sure he's—he's uh, he's sort of improved all the way through and and uh, and stepped up to be a pretty nice 
pretty nice horse. Yeah, he's got a great record. Seven starts, four wins, two minors. Easy last start, winner at Auckland. So uh, this has been a target race for a while. The other horse that you're referencing, that's Chaser Dream. Is he is he the number one seed in the stable? He's our number one seed, and, and Barry's probably got cold chisel, and there's not much separates them. So... Uh, They'll, they'll probably be fighting out the finish again this Friday when they line up. Okay. D does this series, the New South Wales Derby series, look right for the picking for We Walk By Faith? Just, just looking at the quality of three-year-olds, probably there's not the depth there that I've seen in other years, I don't think, Chris, but it might be different when we get out there and try and beat them. But, <laughs> yeah, just looking at them, as I say, I don't think there's the depth there that I've seen in other years. Okay. Uh, a couple of others that we want to talk about... Um... Millwood Nike, she was recently crowned the New Zealand Harness Horse of the Year. Will she make it back to the races, Mark? Well, the prognosis is very, very good, Chris. Um, it, was, it was very much a first stage sort of injury, and uh, we're pretty well onto it straight away. So, yeah, the prognosis since she's been scanned since, and uh, uh, Lindsay um, Kowalowicz, she was very, very happy with the with the scan and, and thought she's got an excellent chance of resuming to racing. Yeah. But it, it, the, I suppose it's difficult, and, and given that she is a mare, like there's no easy races for her to come back with, is there? It, it's going to be difficult if she does make it back. That's right. It's going to be difficult. You know, she was a she was probably a filly in the three-year-old ranks that I wouldn't have been scared to have the opportunity been right to take on the boys. Um, generally, the the Phillies races clashed with the boys races like the Derbies on the same night so uh, didn't get that opportunity like had in the past but I, I wouldn't have been scared to take the boys on with her I think she's very very good mm. and, and was right up with Was them. it 17 from 17? Yes it was yeah. yeah so if everything goes well what time frame are you thinking when she could maybe trial or something like that Millwood Nike? Uh, we're just gonna we're not gonna have sort of a time frame on it we're just gonna you know, Lindsay will make the call when she thinks she's ready. So it'll just be a matter of, you know, maybe every six six weeks, six to eight weeks, we, we do a scan and just evaluate things and, and take it from there. So there's no, you know, no set plans just to make a start with her at the moment. Okay. A couple of others to ask about. Self-assured, he's, pick uh, he's picked up a slot in the uh, the, the big race, the, uh, the slot race at Cambridge. Uh, are you happy with the way he's coming along? Yes. Happy with him, Chris. You know, he's an eight-year-old now, and he's probably just—he's lost a couple of lengths, I think. But he's still very competitive. He gets the right run, and uh, he wouldn't be out of it if, uh, as I say, got a favourable run and a good draw. Okay. If Leap to Fame goes, will um, will that get things moving a bit over there in New Zealand? Will there be that real excitement if he if he makes the the trek over to, to New Zealand? There's the buzz already. Chris, uh, well, hopefully he does come, but uh, there's the buzz around already and um, not just the Pacers event, but the Trotters event as well with um, Just Believe coming and, and perhaps Anton Galino's Trotter. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's going to be a wonderful night's racing and, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about it as, as the next major meeting after the Cup after cup week. So, uh, you know, I think it'll happen. I think I'll get a great turnout. OK, I've got to ask about the Trot Slot race. Oscar Bonavina, has he been picked up yet? Uh, yes, yes, he, we, we bought a slot, actually, okay. Chris Ryder and, and myself, so he's in, yep. Yeah, he is absolutely flying. Yes, he is, Chris, yeah, he's, he's in a really good place, and, uh, you know, we're getting to see the, the true Oscar, 
He's really going well. Yeah, he, he's always been a, a top-notch trotter, Mark. There's no doubt about it. But the last six months, is it just the fact that he's he's a happy, healthy, sound horse? Yes, it is, Chris. Yeah, and, and for what reason, I don't know why. We've had our issues in the past with him, but I, I don't know. He's just turned the corner, and this year, they, those issues seem to be behind him, and he's just, you know, he's just, as I say, we're seeing the, the real Oscar. So can he take it up to Just Believe and call me the breeze if, if they do clash at Cambridge? Yeah, look, I, he's probably not as tough as them, but certainly if he's got a he's got a real good turn of foot, if he's been, you know, sits somewhere handy to them or, or on one of their backs, he's, he would take a lot of beating if that was the case. Okay. Well, there's always plenty to talk about. Just a couple of other ones. Don't stop dreaming. So he's got the chariots this Saturday night, the Miracle Mile. What are you looking at next after the Sydney campaign? Uh, he would go home and, and be freshened and, and take a take a slot in that the race. Okay. Uh, mm. is, have you got Queensland on the radar for any of your horses this year? Uh, not at the moment, Chris. <laughs> I don't think, anyway, but uh, something I'll talk with Nathan with closer to the time, but uh, I know Nathan's keen. <laughs> <laughs> he loves a trip to Queensland. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, you guys were busy at the sales last week. Were you happy with, overall with what you took home? Very happy, Chris. Yeah, we got 16 we took home and we sort of need that number to come through the barn now we've got a, a few that are sort of ready to move on and a, and a few probably to to be on the market so uh it'll be a nice addition that number to the team mark what was the relation to don't stop dreaming like physically yeah he was a lovely colt um and then bought very very good money but uh yeah no i i probably rated don't stop dreaming higher myself but uh he wouldn't have been far behind him he's a lovely colt Okay. And what made you stop with that filly, the uh, the filly that went for two, uh, 270, the Princess Tiffany filly uh, on day one in Auckland? That was only by God's spec. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was good viewing seeing you and Mark Jones going at it. <laughs> yes. I think Mark was on the phone. He said to me after, he said, the guy I was talking to, he said, who's bidding against you? And he said, oh, it's Mark Burton. He said, that gave him more confidence. <laughs> Mark, you've delved into the yeah. thoroughbred world. We know you had a, a galloper in your stable, uh, Captain Roy. Uh, tell me, where were we at with the thoroughbreds at the moment? Uh, we just had two trial, two of the two-year-olds trial on Friday. So they both got their ticket. Uh, and then second and fourth. But... Um, yeah, they, they probably just want a little bit more time. They're not really natural two-year-olds. And Captain Roy and um, Buster Shaw are still out spelling. So uh, probably start with them uh, around about June, July. Yeah, no doubt named after your legendary dad, uh, Captain Roy. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, gee, he lived till 93 years of age, didn't he? Uh, he was uh, five days off being 95. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, so it was a wonderful age. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Mark, really appreciate the time this morning. Good luck on the weekend with Don't Stop Dreaming, chasing another chariots. This will be your third if you walk away with it. Have faith in me, 2016. Lazarus, 2017. So you're due again. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. There's Mark okay. Purden joining us. So uh, he's got the favourite for this year's Chariots of Fire, Don't Stop Dreaming, Gate 2. So... Um, he goes up against his brother's horse. Uh, it's Merlin. It's Merlin was recently crowned the New Zealand three-year-old of the year uh, out, out doing Don't Stop Dreaming. So there might be a little bit more at play here if he can get one back on, yeah. on Merlin. Couldn't have done much more, really, on Saturday night. Merlin was fantastic. He was enormous. The draw... 
probably not ideal. I reckon they would have been a little disappointed and they probably still are a little disappointed just seeing where some of the other horses drew. So they would have been wrapped with the performance there last week, but just the draw just makes it a little sticky. But uh, who knows? It's a, it's a big race. Anything can happen. But uh, if he gets his opportunity, he can easily put them away. Heads were turned. 28 4 and he goes full bore on King of Swing. He races away in second spot, trying to stay on now is Spirit of St. Louis. And they were followed by Mac Dan the inside. It's King of Swing. 100 metres left to go. He's holding the rivals at the moment. It's King of Swing. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three Pete. And what a way to bow out. King of Swing has beaten Spirit of St. Louis. Third home was better eclipse. It's rattled from the tail. They were Luke McCarthy's about to speak with you interesting of course spirit of st louis we're going to see him likely in wa aren't we running the the big race over there the nullaball chris so uh, we look forward to seeing spirit of st louis chase that big race over there but uh, that would have brought back good memories for luke he joins us now luke good morning yeah good morning guys uh a three-peat for king of swing he's living the life of luxury right now just on this year's miracle mile leap to fame is he beatable, or are you starting to think, you know, because Lazarus couldn't win a Miracle Mile, Blacks of Fate didn't win a Miracle Mile, there's that small chink in the armour. Do you subscribe to that theory or not? No, not not at all. He's, um, I think he's faster than Blacks of Fate and Lazarus, and um, equally tough. So, no, he's, he's got no chink. He's a great horse, and... Yeah, he couldn't be in any better form. Yeah. And the way he's gone about it this year, Grant Dixon, along with his wife, Trista, going Newcastle, having that extra week off, that could easily work to their advantage. Oh, for sure. And, you know, he's had such a great preparation with him and, you know, he gets the luxury of going home back in his own environment for a couple of weeks and just pop down for the mile. He's, you know, he's just a great horse. Yeah. Uh, let's focus on Saturday night. The Chariots of Fire, Rock and Roll Hammer is your runner here. How disappointed were you with the barrier draw? Yeah, it's mission impossible. And barrier 10, he's lovely horse and he's just progressed really well the whole way through. And um, But yeah, he's going he's gonna to wall the pain from barrier 10. Who's the horse to beat? Is it Don't Stop Dreaming? Is it Frankie Ferocious? Is it Merlin? Or is there something else there that you rate? Oh, look, I think if you, if you go off form, that's Frankie Ferocious is probably, you know, the section he's running. He just, he looks really hard to beat. Yeah, I love Mark's horse. He's obviously staying here at my farm. Yeah, he couldn't have been more impressive. Running second late to fame and yeah, he's looked good in his two runs in Sydney. Merlin was great. Look, it's just a really good race, but I'd probably have Marks and Frankie as the top two seats. Yeah, just on Frankie Ferocious, he went 49-2 winning there last time out. And you've driven that track more than most. You've won a lot of races going sub-50. Have you seen a horse win as easy as what he did last time out, running that sort of time? Oh, look, probably the, just the, the, the quarter. You know, he's just got that speed. So, yeah, he's very impressive. Um, turn a foot, that's for sure. All right. Let's talk about these Miracle Mile qualifiers on Saturday night. In the first heat, this is the Cordina Sprint, Bondi Lockdown, Spirit of St. Louis. How do you rate their chances? Yeah, really happy with both of them. Um, had terrible draws there last start and hasn't really been kind to Lewis again this week. But, look, I think they're going well. And um, with any sort of luck, I'd imagine they'll be, they'll be right there at the finish. Who's the horse to beat? Is it the mare? Ladies in red first up? Yeah, probably. She's a great mare and, you know, the camp's obviously happy with her that 
you know, the producer in that sort of race first up and, you know, they usually get it right when it matters and... Yeah, she's, just, she's a top-class horse. All right. The Allied Express uh, sprint heat. Can't find a better man and uh, expensive ego. Can't find a better man. Is this his time to shine on the weekend? Yeah, he's going good. He, the Newcastle mile with Hot and Treacherous making a mistake didn't help him because he you know, probably lobs 1-1. One, one. You know, when he made a mistake, I didn't want to get caught outside late the same, so I elected to go full fence and you know, just driving for luck and... He didn't get any, but you know, he, he, he's not a tough, dominant horse. But you know, if he just gets that little bit of luck in running and with, with the right fit just behind him, he's a very dangerous horse in, in a good race. Okay, are you going to drive him over Expensive Ego, or you're still uncertain? I'm oh, still uncertain at the moment, Chris. All right, all right. Um, I've got to ask uh, America. There's plenty of talk about you in America. Have you confirmed your team for America as yet? Oh, not, not yet, Chris. We're just working through the process of getting a visa and, and all that sort of thing. But, look, expensive ego, um, definitely. Um, Spur and St. Louis, Bondi Lockdown. You know, they're, they're, they're three for sure that would be you know, heading to North America. OK. Have you got a sort of time frame when you would like to be there by? Oh, look, you know, you don't want to go yet. It's too cold. But normally May's a good time to sort of get over there, the weather starts to change and you know, all the good races sort of kick off in July onwards. Okay. How long would you like to be there for? Oh, a few months would be nice. Um, like I said, I haven't really worked it out 100% yet, Chris, but yeah, it's just all in, in the process at the moment. All right. And you'd be in that New Jersey area if you if it sort of plans out the way you want it to play, play out? Yeah. Um, same farm as where I worked before when I had to all over there at Magical Acres. It's it's in New Jersey. It's a really good farm, only 45 minutes from the Middle East. All right. It's exciting, though. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, the racing's going so well up there. And, you know, these horses at this time of their career, you know, will benefit from the fact of racing on Butte and Lasix. Um, and, you know, you could probably get a couple of good seasons of them racing up there before they're ready to retire. So would you tackle feature races with them or would you just be looking at sort of open class races with them? Uh, later in the season, you would. Um, the first year is always a little bit tough because you want to acclimatise and that, so better off to not rush them. But, you know, they can pretty much race for 50000 US a week, which with the dollars, incredible money just in a normal free-fall. So, but yeah, there is a couple of better races later in, in the season that you would definitely look at. All right. So, bottom line, you will be a notable omission from the Queensland Winter Carnival this year by the sound of it. Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, you know, there's direct flight Sydney, New York now. And, um, you know, I'll pop home regularly and um, more than likely for the Winter Carnival. And, you know, I've had a good drive in the Eureka, stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not moving to America. It's just a little bit of a trip. OK. Well, that, that's a good sign. There'll be some Queensland officials that'll be jumping for joy hearing that this morning. Yeah, I love coming to Queensland for the carnival and hopefully we've got some horses good enough. All right. Uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Good luck on the weekend and uh, we'll be cheering you on. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Luke McCarthy joining us. So a number of key runners there, in particular with those uh, sprint heats there, Steve. So he's got Can't Find a Better Man, Expensive Ego in the second heat, Bondi Lockdown, Spirit of St. Louis in the second heat. So he's got a role to play, so it's going to be interesting. Indeed, and I was just looking at that market too. Tap have gone up with the market, Chris, for the big one in, in WA. 
uh, at this stage, the Lullaby. That's the 19th of April, of course. The big one in New Zealand's a week prior, isn't it? The yep. slot race there, the Grins, race right. by Grins. Magnificent Storm and Swayze are the two faves. And then Spirit of St. Louis. Frankie Ferocious is in the market, $11. My name is Jeff, is 11 But um, Swayze, what's the news? Any news there? Uh, no. Uh, last I heard, uh, there was talk about an offer from America and then there was a follow-up uh, story that uh, he was out with uh, a little bit of a, a setback. So not entirely sure. We will try and track mm. down... Uh, and what about My Name is Jeff, the stable Yeah, he mate. starts on Saturday night. So okay. he's drawn wide. So this is going to be a really good test for him. I think it was last Wednesday. He trialled at Menangle. And uh, he's full steam ahead towards the Miracle Mile. But it's a wide draw there on Saturday night. But we'll try and track down uh, some of the connections later in the week and see what they've got to say about Hi, My Name is Jeff and Swayze and a few others as well. Frankie Ferocious. So. Angus Carrard's with us, Chris. Angus, good morning. Morning, Chris. I was thinking across the weekend, you're going to have to make a big decision. And then I thought, I'll wait and see where this horse draws on Saturday night down in Sydney just to see which way you go. Because you've got Manila Playboy, who was heading towards the Miracle Mile. You've got defensive guy who's absolutely flying and definitely one of the horses to beat in the Jim McNeil, this big trotting championship final on Saturday night. Fields are out. There's no Manila Playboy. So was he left out or there was no nomination? No, they left him out again, um, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it sort of made my decision a bit easier anyway. Wow. Geez, they're tough, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they are quality fields. But, um, you know, I thought there were definitely a few there that you could argue that he might have been a bit better chance then. But, um, anyway, we'll... He'll race on Saturday night up here and hopefully get the job done in Albion Park. How frustrated do you think Shane Fraser is, the trainer is right now, with uh, with everything going on with Manila Playboy? Yeah, it's um, pretty disheartening, to be honest. Um, you know, we Shane and I sort of made the decision that we'd try and get down there for that run at Menangle and, um, you know, put him right in front of him and show he can do it. And they never gave him a crack at the free for all that night and... He still sort of ran the arms off the clock and they still aren't prepared to give him a go. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait till next time. Was there any temptation about taking him to Newcastle or was that a race where he would have been overlooked as well? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, it's probably a good question, but uh, we thought, you know, we'd give him the run at an angle and, um, you know, leap to fame is always going to be hard to beat at Newcastle. So it was probably going to be hard to qualify out of that race. Um, so we thought it would be a better option to, you know, run him at Menangle um, a couple of weeks ago there and and then take him back down for the sprints. Okay. Um, but anyway. Mm. So the focus now becomes the, the, the local carnival, the Queensland Winter Carnival. That's obviously what you can pour your time and efforts into now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gee, it's frustrating, though. Uh, let's talk about defensive guy. How good is this Trotter Angus? Yeah, he is very good, Chris. Um, you know, I don't think we've seen the bottom of him yet, and I think he will win a big race. Yeah, a son of Sebastian K. He's got plenty of style as well. He's a, he's easy on the eye. Uh, eight from thirty. He's got ten minor placings. Three for three this campaign. So he's had his fair share of issues along the way. But is he now just starting to fully furnish and mature and just become the complete package? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, first time I'd driven him was last prep there and he only had a couple of trials and a few runs and had an issue again. And He sort of felt pretty good, but 
Um, you know, he's come back this time. He, he's trotting even better than he was then. He sort of feels even better horse than he was before. So hopefully everything's headed in the right direction with him. At the start of this current uh, campaign, he was back at the trials uh, early January. In his uh, second trial, I think it was, they went really fast time. He was beaten. But did you come off the track that day thinking that this, this guy's pretty sharp? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I sort of had a bit of time for him from the little bit I'd driven him already. But, uh, you know, he was trotting a lot better um, from early in this prep. And I sort of said to Gavin Matty, I think he's pretty good this time. And, you know, he's got a lot better then. Mm. He's been perfect through the heats, winning both heats last Friday, 59-4, overcoming a 20-metre handicap, and he was really strong through the line, winning by a winding margin, 58-5 on the way home. So the final's the, the the obvious one. So is he ready to, to take it up another gear? Yeah, I think so. He um, He's a horse that sort of doesn't seem to get tired, so I think the trip will suit him. And, um, you know, his manners have been really good, so... He should be right in it. Is Gus the, uh, the the obvious danger? Yeah, I think so. If he gets everything right, he's um, you know he's probably um, on par or a bit better than our guy at his best. But you know we know our um, we know our manners are good, and and Gus has got to do everything right and give us a head start. So I think he's definitely going to have to be good to beat us as well. So the start's going to be crucial. Uh, who, who gets it best uh, probably goes a long way in winning this race. If if your guy begins like he has uh, and holds that early advantage over Gus, he's going to be hard to run down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about the fact that we're going up to 2,600? The heat so far have been over 2,100. 2,600, no issue? No, I think that'll suit us down to the ground. Um, you know, that last heat there, we got in an early burn a bit and, you know, we went at 27.9 first panel and probably don't see many trotters rates that good off sections like that and uh, win as easy as he did. So uh, I definitely don't think the distance worry him in strong horse. OK, well, that's defensive guy going around in uh, race four, the Jim McNeil Trotters Championship final. You're in great form. You currently lead the National Premiership. You've made a real flyer, another treble there on Saturday night. What about looking ahead this Saturday night? Apart from defensive guy, Bangkok DJ's back in action. Can he make it five on the bounce? Yeah, I think he can, Chris. He's definitely got the ability. Um, obviously, he hasn't had a run for a little while, but um, he actually went down to Sydney with Noah Playboy the other week, and I uh, just trained him there on the Saturday morning at um, Cobbity, and he, uh, he trained really well, so I think he'll race well again. He's one of those horses... The, the more you win, the harder it gets because you keep rising in grey. But that probably suits him because he can follow speed and still produce a, a, a nice turn of acceleration at the end of the races as well. Yeah, that's right. He's been um, he's been really good this time. Um, you know, he's been trying really hard and sort of got into a couple of fights there and dug in hard. And um, Yeah, I've been really pleased with sort of his attitude and the way he's been racing this time in. All right. Just uh, a couple of quick comments today for your runners. Uh, race one, instant delight first up. What do you make of her chances? Yeah, I think she can go really close, Chris. Um, I, I think she's the only one off the front line now and, and uh, you know, small field. But she trialled well the other day and um, I'm sure she'll take really good improvement out of that. All right. What about uh, get used to it in race two? How do you rate this guy? Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good trotter in time, Chris. He's uh, 
obviously got ample ability and um, as long as we can sort of keep his head under control and keep him cool, I think it'll go a long way. Did he surprise you in any way, shape or form first up? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I had driven him before and he always felt like a trotter with ability, but um, he probably stepped it right up that last start um, and really raced well. And, you know, the way he did it was super and his sectionals were unreal. So um, he's definitely heading in the right direction. Okay. What about Lance in race three? Lancelot Bromack, uh, unbelievable. Uh, barrier one, any any other horse would, you know, kill for a, a gate like that. He seems to draw one every week at the moment and uh, it's just not his draw. So what are you hoping for here today from gate one? Yeah, obviously, uh, as you say, it's probably the worst draw possible for our Lance, but uh, hopefully we can just get some genuine speed again. You know, it was a, a solid run race last time out, and he found the line good. That's sort of all he needs. He just needs some speed on through the middle, and he sort of finds the line. If they back off too hard and zip on him, he sort of finds it hard. Yeah, Angus, when you say a bad draw, what you, you just can't drive him out, or he's got no early toe, or... Um... Walks out. Walks out, does he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so even if you push him, he just doesn't go any faster, does he, early? Yeah, no, you may as well just sit there. He's got nothing. <laughs> I suppose you can understand, given his age and so on. Probably be like me in a few years' time. You've got to yeah. do it on his time. His time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Shuby and race four? Distance will suit this guy today. The draw's a little sticky, though. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the distance is obviously ideal, I think. And uh, I thought his run last time out was career best. You know, that went 56-3 at Redcliffe and he was off the fence and only got beat at three and a bit metres. So uh, he's definitely heading in the right direction as well, probably back to his best. So um, hopefully he can go close with a little bit of luck there. All right. Race five. I'm keen to get your thoughts here. You were down for Dollar Bill and Blue Bloods. You've opted for Blue Bloods. Was that a tough call? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, obviously, sort of Dollar Bill's sort of been back to his best his last few. And, um, you know, Blue Blood has been racing well as well, but probably just the better draw sort of tipped me over the edge over the trip. Um, Blue Bloods looks like he get a nice little run there on the fence. And if he can get out at the right time, I think he can be hard to beat. Okay, Nick's pick. He was really unlucky last time out. Can he make amends today? Yeah, I think he can. We just made a little bit of genuine tempo, obviously, from the bad draw, but. He's racing really well, and I think he can go close again. All right, and Key Largo in race seven. He's got a front row draw a mile. Can he improve? Yeah, I actually think his last couple of runs haven't been too bad, uh, although they probably haven't looked it um, to the eye. Um, I think he has been better, but it's probably a little bit unfortunate. we got a few fast runs drawn inside us again, so we'll just have to see what happens, and I'll have a talk to Duxie and see what he reckons, but... Um, you know, I would say we'll just poke forward and um, try and keep him happy and hopefully he races good. All right, two quick ones to round it out this morning. Uh, your choice of drives for the other uh, chariots, would you be driving Don't Stop Dreaming, Frankie Ferocious or Merlin? Uh, don't Stop Dreaming. Uh, I think he's sort of a class runner to me. All right. And can you hold this lead? How long can you take it before Nathan Dawson starts to uh, really pour on the pressure? Oh, I'm not too sure, Chris. Um you know, I've managed to hold him the last couple of weeks and keep him at bay, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. He sort of started sort of picking up, getting sort of back to his usual self and, um, you know, picking up a few winners at every meeting. So we'll just keep pressing and hopefully we can hang on for a little bit longer. That's all you can do. But you know he's coming though, don't you? Yeah, always. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Uh, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside. 
No worries. Thanks, Chris.